0: And hello, and we are back. Federal Workers Cop- Copy Break Podcast is back. Got a great topic for the day. Been gone for a minute. Been moving all over the country. And um, this one got thrown into the queue a little sooner than I anticipated covering it because <laughs> I got so many emails about it. Been getting so many questions from uh, listeners and people in my practices as well as from other people. Uh, out there and that are practicing. I decided to throw this one in because this is uh, one that I take for granted because I'm just used to these denials, but uh, I know they're all new to people who just got hurt. So I wanna throw in the uh, mix, a completely different scenario, which is when your OWCP case, okay, when you have a federal workers' comp case, whether it's longshoremen or DOD or OWCP, Department of Energy, all these different divisions, Uh, And they give you an acceptance letter after they initially denied it. But in the acceptance letter, the letter gave you a very minimal diagnosis, very common occurrence. So um, we're going to dive into that. uh, And I want to uh, cover that in a little bit of detail to help you understand how to handle it. So first, without further ado, welcome to Federal Workers' Comp Coffee Break Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Taylor. I'm a Federal Workers' Comp consultant, been doing it for 27 years. Uh, this is a place where we get together and we discuss over a couple of coffees, uh, all sorts of topics related to OWCP and FICA and DOL Longshoremen, and any other type of federal workers' compensations. In this short Coffee Break format, I try to discuss common topics related to filing inappropriate claims, rules, provisions, your rights, responsibility, theirs, rights and responsibilities, and cover tips on how to successfully navigate a federal workers' comp claim to assist you with filing or getting your claim fully approved from denial, partial acceptance, etc. So, because we do it in a short coffee break format, without further ado, let's get that coffee going. I got a new coffee maker, by the way, new espresso machine. I love it, an espresso machine. All right, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna start off with covering. If you're a federal worker, and you have a federal workers compensation claim, and you file either's a traumatic injury or over a period of two shifts or more, occupational illness, CA1, CA2 type stuff, and your injury, and you upload or you mail your proper CA forms, and um, your written statements, and you've done all the things the right way, <clears throat> and uh, then you get a letter, okay? And OWCP provides you an explanation of acceptance or denial, and in that letter, which is nearly 100% of the time a denial letter, um, they explain to you how your case is denied and then you go and start to fight it. So you get with your medical provider and if you and your, your doc um, believe you've got an injured federal worker case, then you will submit that all your conditions um, were work-related and then you uh, submit that stuff And then you get a letter back that it's accepted. But in that letter, there's a problem. And that problem is that it's a minimal acceptance of diagnosis. Okay. Now, if you get a denial, initially you and your doctor have to submit that the accepted conditions, uh, when they're denied require expansion or modification to be more accurate, or if you get a minimal diagnosis, you want to be more definitive to show that your injury is more severe, you will need to re- present a detailed explanation to how these additional conditions are related to the original work related injury or any resulting in you know, residuals. Now, most claims are denied with a five elements letter that we've discussed in previous podcasts. And in It'll list which of the five elements were not met with an explanation why your claim is denied and advise you fully of your appeal rights. Those different types of appeals, including the time frames for exercising these rights and the offices you would need to contact and how to appeal each type of appeal decision. So when we talk about five elements, like I said, there's a previous podcast we did for that. Five elements are required in federal workers' comp to be met in order to establish an OWCP-accepted claim. All right, let's go through those real quickly. Number one is be timely filed. That means not later than 30 days from the date of injury in order to be entitled to a benefit called continuation of pay. Otherwise, the employee has up to three years to file a claim. Your employer has 10 days to notify OWCP when you've filed your claim. All right. Number two, be made by a federal civilian employee. That's self-evident. Obviously, you need to work for the government in some kind of capacity. Number three, establish fact of injury, which has both a factual and medical component. First of all, factually, the injury or accident or employment factor alleged must have actually occurred. Medically, a medical condition must be diagnosed in connection with an injury or event. Number four is establish performance of duty. That's if the injury and or medical condition must have arisen during the course of usual and customary required activities in the course of employment within the scope of compensable work factors. In other words, if you got ran over and you were at lunch and you were in the drive through at McDonald's, that's not your usual and customary job. But even though you are on shift, you're off campus, you get the drift. Number five, and this is the most common element of the fifth elements Denial, And that's called casual relationship. You have to establish a causal relationship, which means the medical evidence establishes that the diagnosed condition is casually related to the injury or event. I mean, there has to be a causation to the work factors. Rarely cases are approved immediately. In most cases, when they are denied and the injured worker files additional documentation for reconsideration appeal, if accepted by OWCP, OWC will accept these minimal diagnoses, such as bruises, called contusions, sprains, or strains, in their initial acceptance letter. Now, OWCP will deny claims that are filled out by the wrong type of recognized provider at a hospital urgent care center, such as PAs, uh, nurse practitioners or medical providers that are not MDs and DOs, and that's a common occurrence in a hospital that it has so many different types of providers. Also, there's most of the paperwork filled out in a hospital and urgent care center is not approved OWCP CA forms, and so you're going to get sometimes wrong provider or the wrong paperwork or both. And they, when you submit with that documentation, they'll use the wrong providers or wrong uh, forms as an excuse to deny your claim, okay? But when they disregard the diagnosis of the findings in the record, because the submission is submitted in the prop, with, the proper, uh, with the improper paperwork. So when a federal worker appeals with the appropriate OWCA forms, that's what we want to talk about today. And that's when, oh, by the way, what cracks me up is when you do submit an appeal and then when you submit it, OWCP will deny again the diagnosis of what you and your doctor that you've seen later uh, are saying. They'll actually take the same paperwork and the same diagnosis and stuff that they denied with and actually use it as the same documentation to um, determine that you have a minimal diagnosis because of what the hospital, urgent care, medical provider put on day one. Now, this is a common tactic of caseworkers in OWCP. That's why I want to talk about it. Often, when an injured federal worker receives an acceptance letter from OWCP, they're so relieved and fighting for months, they weeks or months, to finally be able to get you know treatment that they've been uh, wanting to receive or get reimbursed for you know leave or sick time they don't really pay a lot of attention to the diagnosis that's accepted. And most of the time it's a very minimal diagnosis and oftentimes it's considered less accurate or definitive to what the actual diagnosis ends up being. Now the important part of understanding of this part is because you have to understand that denial of claim usually takes weeks or months to get approved. When you get a minimally accepted diagnosis with your case acceptance letter, it's considered to be resolved within weeks and months because it's not considered a permanent injury, so as soon as you get your acceptance letter, you will quickly get a letter of denial that'll follow it weeks later that your condition no longer needs any further treatment because it should have been resolved after all this time uh after weeks and months. That's pretty devious, but this tactic is employed all the time in o w c p claims. I often have to explain to patients they get all excited at the the fight to get your full claim, with all of your accurate diagnosis included, needs to be continued and submitted. <clears throat> the fight continues. Now, so when you're a federal worker and you receive an OWCP acceptance letter, an alarm bell should sound off in your head if your acceptance letter only lists minimal diagnosis of things like bruises and strains. Oftentimes, when an intake medical provider sees an orthopedic injury, Generalists or emergency room doctors will usually diagnose it as a general condition, catch-all diagnosis of strain and sprain or pain or swelling or contusion. This is due to the fact that the amount of damage or severity has not been confirmed more definitively by x-rays or CTs or MRI. This is just classic medical training. You have to understand that. Later on the same day or next week or next weeks, these diagnostic tests or labs, et cetera, confirm a more severe diagnosis, and we have more definitive information that needs to be listed in your list of diagnosis in your OWCP case. But the caseworker ignores these additional diagnoses and only lists the initial intake diagnosis of the urgent care provider, and that's a common occurrence. I always find it interesting that the same urgent care provider's paperwork that's insufficient to establish a claim is now sufficient to minimize your injury. So they cherry pick what they want to accept and use <clears throat> at their discretion. Oh, I have to clear my throat this day. A little tickle. So it's important for you to understand the importance of continuing the fight, okay? This is because when they use this tactic, they're going to hit you with a denial after the acceptance and you have to be prepared for it. You have to understand that these minimal diagnoses, such as contusion, simply say that you suffered bruises to your body areas. It is, under, it is important to understand that bruises are considered a short-term problem or resolves quickly in days and weeks. Strains are injuries to muscles and tendons that are minor, as microscopic tears that weaken muscles and tendons, but also can be macroscopic tear. I mean, just large enough for you to see it with your eyes to the point of full thickness or partial thickness tears that often result in surgery. So strains can be severe, but strains are graded in in severity in medicine. But the ICD-10 codes that they put on usually is is not definitive on day one, because medical training is they want to know more about how severe the strain is based on definitive diagnostics. So minimal strains typically are considered a short-term problem that will resolve in a short amount of time, and again, weeks or months. Sprains are injuries to ligaments and joints without dislocation or fracture. Sprains can result in things like 25 to 50% of the muscle or lig. I'm sorry, the ligament tear. Um, and that can be a significant tear and sometimes be a complete tear that is usually disabling for a period of time. It can even result in surgery to regain normal use or function of injured areas. Most injured federal workers and their medical providers are so excited to receive an acceptance letter that they do not pay a lot of attention to the accepted conditions and are caught off guard when they receive a denial letter weeks later from the caseworker that they no longer are covering benefits for the accepted OWCP case, they just won. Due to a second opinion doctor stating that these medical diagnosis conditions have resolved or should have resolved, that's a common tactic. So let me go through this denial strategy and how it works and what is the remedy? After an acceptance letter is sent out to the injured federal worker with a minimal diagnosis, the OWCP caseworker will soon after send another letter to a second opinion doctor. That letter is sent to the OWCP second opinion doctor is called a statement of accepted facts, and it usually includes several questions. I'm gonna paraphrase here, but usually the questions are along the line of, number one, do you think these bruises and strains have resolved? Number two, do you think any continuation of disability or treatment or modified duty should be continued? Or do you think any further medical care is medically necessary? I think you get the picture at this point, but that's what they do to shut the case down. The second opinion doctor will review the reports that the caseworker provides for the second opinion doctor to do a paper review in order to determine if these temporary minimal diagnoses are resolved and that further disability or medical care is appropriate. Now understand, oftentimes, this is not an actual examination of the patient by the second opinion doctor, but a paperwork review. And the caseworker is going to cherry pick what paperwork she wants to present to get a little bit of a biased opinion. But there are times when the injured federal worker is required to be examined by the second opinion doctor, and the second opinion doctor, of course, agrees that the condition is resolved and no further care is necessary especially if the caseworker sends minimal amount of medical records and leaves out other reports that are more definitive or more diagnostic and and give better information. Oftentimes the additional diagnostics do not make it to the second opinion doctor and a biased report and opinion is provided without all the full clinical paperwork being accurate or the definitive information to be reviewed. I see second opinion doctors that make mistakes not with intention but because they were limited in what they were provided. And then the patient shows up with more of the full record, and it actually gives the chance to the second opinion doctor to make a more appropriate ruling that usually isn't a more appropriate ruling. That's why I tell patients to always take all their records with them, just in case that second opinion doctor didn't get them. But in order for OWCP minimal diagnosis to be accepted, and the additional diagnostics and specialist referrals that diagnose a patient with a condition, you want to make sure that you get that stuff to the second opinion doctor or provide it to him once he makes a paperwork or vo- ruling, because usually it's to prevent more expensive care like surgery, etc. So what do you do if you're an OWC-accepted federal injury that receives a minimal diagnosis and you've won your case, but it's not accurate to the severity of your injury? You have more than a bruise or a strain. So let's go through this answer and the remedy to avoid this problem that prevents you from receiving appropriate care when needed, when you and your medical provider think that it's reasonable or necessary. Understand first that some people really do have minor injuries. I work in an occupational medicine clinic where we do family medicine, occupational medicine, and we treat minor injuries all the time. They're extremely painful for the first few days or a couple of weeks. But with pain injections, medication, and therapy, they get better quickly and only miss a few days or weeks and rarely need much time to recover. And those people, their whole WCP case sometimes is resolved and they're back to work before we even get an acceptance letter or a case number. This is a common occurrence. The important thing you need to know as an injured federal worker is to remember, if you're presenting further evidence of how you're injured, Make sure that what you're trying to do is, is accurate and appropriate. If you know that you're more than a contusion or a strain, well then you want to fight to get more included. A lot of people, that is all they have and it's okay. Then we just say it's a sprain or strain, they get treated for a few days or weeks and then they go back to work and it's, it's over. But a lot of people don't have the same level of outcome because their injury is more severe and it does need to be expanded from just the minimal diagnosis that's accepted. Okay, this is vital be important because the OWCP caseworker does not know you. They've never seen you and your injuries and your bruises. Oftentimes when they're really bad, I'll take pictures of them just so the claims examiner can see them or the caseworker can see them. And remember, they can only see your injuries through the medical evidence that you and your medical providers submit. So they don't know. Okay, Now, let's go through this with steps. Okay, and step one, if you're going to attack the minimally accepted diagnosis issue, you and your medical provider need to take any and all diagnostic reports, tests, specialist reports, et cetera, and submit it to the caseworker in the form of a medical narrative cover sheet detailing the severity of the condition along with providing the supporting medical tests and documents from other providers to support the expansion of additional diagnosis. Now, this is the important first step. But the second part of the requirements that OWCP has in their rules and provisions for acceptance is where I see most providers and patients falter in their presentation. It is not enough to upgrade your diagnosis with a narrative that includes supporting medical evidence tests and diagnostics. You must include a second part, which is a causation statement. If you have a causation statement, you have to explain how the more severe injuries are casually related to the work-related injury. You must request that your medical provider do a causation statement that explains how the work-related injury is the direct cause of the severe injury and explain the mechanism of that injury, of the work-related injury, in a causation statement in the medical narrative. An example of how OWCP will respond to additional medical evidence without a written statement of causation or a weak causation statement, such as, I'm the doctor and it's my opinion that this is work-related. That's weak. That's not a real explanation, but it's a common statement. Your doctor says your shoulder sprain, for example, is exactly a rotator cuff tear. Now, Now that originally... Let's say, for example, the urgent care hospital said you had a shoulder strain, and now you find out you have a rotator cuff tear after your doctor orders an MRI, and the further diagnostic assessment, like an MRI, confirms it. Now you and your doctor request that the rotator cuff tear be included in your diagnosis and be expanded as part of the compensable work-related injury diagnosis. See, this presentation is never sufficient. But it is the most common presentation I see from medical providers' documentation for injured federal workers. This type of presentation will come back with a denial letter of the fifth element every time. The fifth basic element is to establish casual relationships. So the uh, the cause of work factors is the medical evidence that's needed to establish that the diagnosis condition is casually related to the injury or event. Now here, I want you to understand this, okay? See it from their perspective. In other words, OWCP says this. Okay, all right, I see that the patient has a more serious injury, I get it. I see there's medical condition in the diagnosis and the doctor thinks it's related, but he doesn't explain how it's related. So in their eyes, they're gonna say, how is this rotator cuff not a preexisting condition? How does, uh, how do we know that you actually didn't tear your rotator cuff falling in your garage? Or it's, you see what I'm saying? They can go on and on with what they can say if you don't close the loop. See, that's how the lack of causation statement leaves plenty of opportunity for denying your claim from being fully accepted for all of your actual injuries. So listen guys, pay close attention to your first acceptance letter. Yeah, while you're partying and throwing a victory lap, make sure that you pay attention to what the acceptance letter says. Make sure you if you have a more severe injury, you present that medical evidence. If you see things like hand pain, hand contusion or shoulder strain, minimal diagnosis if you indeed have more than that, okay? It's important. Pay close attention because the medical ex- the medical evidence, okay, that is contained in order to win and get your OWCP approved medical provider to submit the appropriate expansion medical evidence, it has to include a diagnosis narrative explanation with supporting diagnostic tests that gives support to your additional diagnosis along with a strong causation statement explanation. Okay, so I hope you have a better understanding of how to get your claim fully accepted instead of minimally accepted. I think 50 to 75% of people who come to see me with old cases that are one or two or more years old, this is their most common problem. So, well, I have an OWCP claim, but my doctor can't get anything approved. And I look at the diagnosis, and I say, okay, well, I understand what's going on. All right? Very important lesson to be learned today. So I hope that this is uh, going to be uh, helpful for all of you guys that are in this situation. Okay? Now, that does it for this episode of Federal Workers' Coffee Break Podcast. I want to thank you for listening, and I also want to remind you to share this podcast with other federal workers you think would benefit from this information. And also, if you need an approved medical provider for your DOL, OWC, or Federal Maritime Longshoreman case in Florida, you can find me in Tampa in two different locations and in Jacksonville. If you want to make a consultation with me or to discuss your case, or if you know someone you think would uh, benefit in Florida who's been recently injured or has an older case, uh, just have them email me or call my clinic at 813-877-6900. Also, if you're in another state and you want me to assist you with any claim questions or assistance for you and your doctor, you can email me at consultants at protonmail. I do this for as a free service to you. I know I cannot be all over the country anymore, and sometimes you need to teach this stuff to your doctor. And... I understand, and I want to be helpful, okay? All right, so I'm going to get this coffee going, and as usual, I want to thank all of you who are listening, to, who put on that uniform, that badge, deliver that mail, take care of our veterans, and make this government run. This is a big thank you. I do this for free just for you. Um, We could not do any of this without all the work that all you guys out there do, whether you're a soldier, you're a doctor, you're a mailman. I know how hard government work is. So this is a big thank you to you. And remember, if you have an injured federal claim and you need assistance, I'm here to help. All right, guys, I'll see you next time. I'm off to get my next cup of coffee for answering all of you guys' emails. I have quite a few these past few weeks. Also, you can find me on Twitter now at FedComppodcast. That's at capital F-E-D capital C-O-M-P capital P O D. CAST at Fed Comp podcast drop me a message there and i'll see you next time